0: Dan, welcome to episode 108 of Eventually Super Train. Uh, Thank you, everyone, uh, so much for listening. And uh, this is a short-lived TV show podcast. Uh, We cover uh, short-lived TV shows that never got enough love. Eventually, we will cover Super Train. We go three uh, shows at a time, three episodes at a time. And usually, not always, as you see in this episode, we're all askew. You know, episode one of this, episode seven of that, episode 12 of this. Not so much this one, however. And sometimes that happens. And as I've said in the past few, consider this to be... Consider Super Supertrain to be like a 4-in-1 or like an NBC mystery movie. An umbrella title for three uh, podcasts. This would be like Apecast, Searchcast, or Probecast, but Mitchell told me he didn't like that title. And, um... And the Singing Detective podcast. Or the Singing Detective... The Detective Sings podcast. I don't know what we'd call it. But, but co- sort of consider the show to be like that. And... Um, uh, but but instead of but instead of like you know McCloud this week Macmillan and wife next week and Heck Ramsey the week after um, the it would be uh, the, you get them all at the same time so you advance with each episode you advance uh, across all three anyway uh, what are we talking in this one we are starting off with Amy the Conqueror and myself Apecast or our Planet of the Apes discussion live action Planet of the Apes I will probably say that again live action episode six of Planet of the Apes and then. Mitchell Hadley is back with episode 9 of Search. And then we close out our Singing Detective discussion. Detective uh, Bene and myself discuss episode 6 of The Singing Detective. Who done it? Oh, I forgot to tell you the titles of the other episodes. Oops. Uh, the, um... Ah, uh, the Planet of the Apes episode was Tomorrow's Tide, and Search was the Adonis File. Did I say that? I forget. But yeah, so we go. We're going Apes. We're going Searching with the probes, and then we are finishing up the story of Philip Marlowe, the singing detective, and uh, which is going to be a good time. So uh, thank you, as always, everyone, for listening. Let me play you a little ba- bla- bastard blast, bastard blast of ape music, and Amy and I will be on the other side. of the Apes, episode six, live action series, Tomorrow's Tide, aired October 18th, 1974, written by Robert W. Lenski, directed by Don McDougall. Burke, Verdon, and Galen are down by water when they see an old man who's been strapped to a uh, uh, sort of raft and has been left to float out in the water. Uh, they begin to... Uh, they, they, they they bring him in. Um, Galen kind of um, takes care of this old guy in a cave while the two humans go to investigate where this could have come from. And they wind up stumbling upon a fishing village run by apes where they make humans stand in the water and fish all day long. You know, there's fish quota that they have to reach and stuff like that. Vernon uh, Burke are captured. And um, in order to prove themselves as the best, uh, best fishermen there, they have to... They have to do some crazy crap with a shark, and um, be, they become fishermen, and they're trying to well, they're trying to get out of there basically at that point, <laughs> escape from there at that point. Uh, just try to save the old guy who's stuck away in the cave, but it's it's basically them, and we learn more about uh, sort of the apes and the you know the. Um, we see like middle management apes I think is the best way to describe this one. Uh, the apes who come in, and we'll talk about this the apes who come in and do that thing where you're like oh, well, we see that you're working at 100% capacity. Yep, working 100% maximum. Okay, we need you to up that by 10%. What? Kind of thing. You see apes like that and you think well, just like just like humans in offices and things uh, but uh, I'll stop right there. This, this is basically they wander into a fishing village, they have to prove themselves by fighting sharks and then they have to get the hell out of there as soon as they can. So uh, Amy and I on the other side of this little burst of music and uh we chat all about it tomorrow's tide episode six of planet of the apes we're almost halfway through and i'm here i'm here with of course amy the conqueror amy how are you
1: um well dan how are you?
0: i'm doing okay it's it's funny with this episode i don't know what your thoughts are on the story of the episode or the pacing of the episode, but I do know something that I think you really enjoyed about the episode, but I'm going to let you maybe say what that is later on. I'll just I'll just ask you right now, what did you think of Tomorrow's Tide?
1: I like this episode. Tell me more. Okay. I will say that some of my uh, enjoyment of it came from some of the cheesiness of the, um, the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> like sure. Like the first appearance of the shark when they're bringing the raft in. Um, that has the old man tied to it. It made me laugh out loud. So that started the episode off good for me because I was like, oh, this is fun already. And you know, I know budgets aren't great, but it was it was laughable. Yeah, it <laughs> um, was, uh... but I enjoyed it and I liked the story. I just thought it was it. It was nice. It was a nice change of pace. Never um, on the coast, they're never in the water. So it was a it was a good change of venue for them. And yes, they shirtless most of the episodes yes again yes that's always a plus for me
0: (laughs) i um i i uh, for me i i liked i didn't i didn't love this one but i i liked it i thought um there i thought i thought there was maybe just just personally one too many scenes where have them go to the water and do something i thought maybe there was one too many for me but overall unlike two episodes ago where I didn't think there was enough going on I think there's there's enough happening here and the introduction of the um, of the sort of bureaucratic ape Mm
2: -hmm.
0: who shows up about two-thirds of the way through is pretty is pretty great because like he shows up and he's like hello hello everyone welcome how's your fishing village more production let's produce more come on we're going to produce more and you and you get the guy who runs the fishing village who's who does that thing where he's like well everyone's producing the maximum capacity all right let's boost it by 20 percent you know or so, i forget what he does but you know something like that way he's like well, how are we going to boost it by 20 if we're already going maximum capacity let's produce let's pro-, you know and I, I I like that I like that character. I love I love Galen and uh is it Gatto? Yeah. The uh the old guy. I love the I mean because c- c- I mean t- t- technically the the Gatto character when we first see him sort of like um uh for a second I thought of the movie is it The Mission where the guys tied to the cross and goes off the wa- waterfall? I think that's The Mission. Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, for a second I briefly thought uh, this was obviously eight or nine years before the mission but um, when you see him in the water tied to that thing and uh, out to be you know die, die out there, there on the waves um, you, you, f- you feel a great um, you know you feel like oh no what have the apes done now but then the way Galen treats him is I thought very funny because when <laughs> he wakes up he's like what, what's your name old man I am dead okay you heard him he's dead can we move on can we please go and, it's just, and when, when they when they leave Galen with this guy and he's kind of like I mean he obviously he saves his life when the guy wanders off into the water but he's also kind of like picking on him a bit and razzing him which which I found very entertaining Galen's a lot of fun in this episode and he should have more to do because yes. I, I thought he he was he was good in this um this is. I, yeah obviously I uh, nah, it, the summer of 75 this is this is autumn of of 74 summer of 75 is when Jaws came out so sharks weren't as um, as prevalent as they would be a year from this point um, but Jaws the book, was one of the best-selling books of
1: 1974
0: mm. so so um, so although, um, the gigantic shark that we see in Jaws is not the sort of thing we see here uh, the, the sharks sh- still would have been I think on on like pop cultural pop culturally on um, sort of people's minds so so I like that I mean the, the thing with sharks is that could you imagine if this was made after Jaws like the sequence when they beat up the shark and, <laughs> and bring it in or the scenes where they're just kind of like when they see the shark fin and they're just kind of like right there like whoa be careful there's a shark could you imagine anything that (laughs) calm or like uh, we just beat up a shark after jaws right (laughs) yeah i mean you had to after jaws you had to have fulci having a zombie
1: you know which i thought of quite often during the the shark fight me too
0: me too yes yes um uh so um I think I think overall it's it's a fun the the, the change of uh, scenery is nice along the water, um, and all I all I think is that after episode after episode I just think it must just must just be awful to be anyone living on this planet this time. I mean, because the the only person who seems to be enjoying themselves at all in this episode is that main bureaucratic guy. And he Mm -hmm. seems a bit out to lunch No one else, just, (laughs) even the Apes don't seem to be enjoying themselves The humans aren't enjoying themselves It's And and it's, it's like, I'm I'm wondering if there'll be If there'll be an episode Where they do something like, where they they stumble Upon, like, the um, You know, the apes who live in luxury You know, and who have it all You know, or something (laughs) like that, because none of the ones We see do, it's just like Everyone's, you know, everyone's you know, it's 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 weird because it's like, you know, in, in something like say in nineteen eighty four or something, you get like what the apes are here, you know, where they're all like reporting to one another and all kind of in in fear of something breaking down or something not happening, but then you also have the humans which is like another a variation on that like the slave part of it and it's just like what a depressing world yes this <laughs> is no wonder charlton Heston went nuts oh his character went nuts you know it's, it's, yes. you can see exactly why he wound up where he did um but overall i think i think the the the, the thing to me that makes a good episode is is, is, the, is the um is it's the uh alter, alternation the change of scenery um, in it, and to the fact that it does sort of expand upon what the apes are doing. They have people standing in the water stabbing at fish all day long. That's yeah. got to get boring. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we're again, we're back to kind of the same situation with the farm. Yeah. They have to figure out that there's a better way to do this <laughs> without yes. Burke and, and Alan coming in and showing them, hey, use a net you'll get more yes. fish instead of having it's, people stand out here and spear them individually all day long
0: yes good gravy I mean that would I mean if, if you can rig it up so you can tie this guy to this floating raft thing <laughs> right. you know why not take five minutes and reconsider how you're catching fish right unless it is spite unless it is legitimately like they, they don't like humans so much Maybe someone came up with the net idea, but was like, but would it, it would be tougher for the humans to stab them with right. spears all day, right? Have That'd them do that. Good. I don't know. That that could be it. I mean, if they uh, know there was, their history, I guess.
1: Right. <laughs> there was a part of the, uh, the whole episode, which didn't make sense to me. Which is the old man? I get that he was being shipped off to sea to the gods, the gods of the sea. So this is more seeing the the ape belief system. Um, but they bring in his daughter and her husband, and they they have so little to do with the story that I couldn't really figure out why they were even there. Yes,
0: yes, and they... the same
1: thing with the old man. I got it, but also. Uh, when he was wandering off into the water I, if I was Galen I would have been like all right dude go ahead
0: yeah you got <laughs> it man you got it they tried once second yeah. time is is the second time the charm yeah. let's let's give it a try yeah it's it's weird because that that feels like um like a plot line or something that got um trimmed or something because right. the the moment the guys say like do, do any of you know Gato? um Uh, It's like uh, everyone suddenly turns around and looks the other way, except for this one woman, but this guy grabs her and kind of pulls her away. It's like, okay, well, we figured that out. But it doesn't amount to anything. And the the ending, I I love the ending of the episode, by the way. I I know we try not to ruin the endings, but why do we do that? I mean, it's Planet of the Apes from 1974. (laughs) But the, the beauty of the ending is just basically Galen and the guys getting a raft, Tell the other apes that this is like we're fishing, this is how we're fishing, and they just row away.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's
0: it's fantastic. You watch it and you go like, Are they really gonna be there? There they go. There they go. And they go around a rock and shoot them and the other apes are like, Shoot who what? Shoot what? And it's over. <laughs> yep. And it's it's kind of it's so um because they've spent so much time at the water with them going out and coming back and going out when they actually do that for a split second i was like are they doing what i think they're about to do and then they do it it's like oh nice yes. all right <laughs> yes yeah so but but yeah no you're you're right there is something like you feel like gatto should stand up and be like the the way he shows up with like his arms out and everything like maybe he should be the human messiah or something like something big like that but he's just some old nutty guy Right. Kind of like uh, the old guy in the previous episode who stumbles out of the ho- the building, looks at them, <laughs> and then goes back into the building. But at least we knew he was, he was with the Hartmans, so we knew he was having fun. <laughs> I don't know what this guy's up to, Gato. Uh, what else do you have on this one?
1: Yeah, I kind of liked uh, – I know this was something you weren't crazy about with the – with the show or the episode was them going back and forth into the water. Cause I mean, every time they went into the water, it was kind of fun. They swam under fire. Um, they fought a shark, you know, I mean, this was, I don't know, this was fun for me cause it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and, but also like, you know, I liked, again, I'll say it, the, the, the mythology of their, their gods of the sea, you have to yes. go, you know, face the gods and they'll, if you make it under the wall of fire, then, you know, or the sheet of fire, or whatever they were calling it, then you know you're good to go. You can be uh, slave labor for us.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I think what it may have been for me is um uh, that it, it was it was it was because uh, I'm trying because when I watched it earlier today because I watched it twice and when I watched it earlier today for some reason the 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 way it kept like they go away from the water. A scene or two would happen, then they'd be back at the water doing another thing. And it's, um, I, I, I guess maybe, maybe I'm just being coy. Maybe I do like it more than I thought I did. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, well, I don't know. How, no, no it, it, it's tricky because I, I did, um, it did. I, I think what it was is like whenever they go back to the water, sort of like all the camera angles are kind of the same. Mm. So what it felt to me was like, okay, we got you know 20 extras. We got two days in this location. We're going to shoot as many scenes as we can. And that's what it feels like to me. It feels like, okay, now yeah. we're shooting this. It, it, it just feels like inst- it doesn't in, – instead of feeling like um, – I don't know why I just thought of this movie, but I haven't watched this movie in ages. Have you, I'm sure you've seen, you've seen The Quick and the Dead, Sam yeah. Raimi. The joy of the Sam Ra- that film when I saw that in the theater is it's filled with gunfights, gun but each gunfight is done in a very different style and has a very different feel to it. This is like if if you imagine if Sam Raimi um sort of set up the gun gunfights to be maybe between like different people and different um, maybe slightly different um, styles, but but he just sort of shot them all the same exact way. He did them all the same way. And that's kind of a bit... Now, the, the, the fire the fire sequence is a bit different because there's fire everywhere. But that that was the thing, I think, to me, is that every time they went back to the water, it felt to me like, all right, it's after lunch, everyone. Let's do this scene. That's kind of... I don't know why that was, but not that that's a bad thing. And I think if I watch this again, I think it would grow on me. But I did have a bit of that feeling like... Um, can we go to another location on the beach? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. But or that, another that camera be...
1: angle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Can, can we? Because like every scene would start off sort of with the same main angle. Mm-hmm. Like so. That's just like you just got the camera set there. And d- not not that I mean I know there you know th- there's a lot going on. It takes a lot to shoot a show, and I don't mean to denigrate anyone's setting up of the camera. But it did feel that's what it felt like to me. Um, and so by time we got to the ending. I was a little bit tired of that spot, Um, but then they pulled a clever bit where they get in the raft and go away, and I like that. So, you know, I overall I enjoyed the episode. I just, um, I, um, I guess, I guess, I guess, if that, I'm really trying to justify why uh, I'm going overboard here. Um, uh, I, 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 I guess if that's the spot where they go to every day to fish like that, then that's where we'd go. So, so I'll just stop right there. So, no, so I think I,
1: you're making a, a valid point. I do.
0: <laughs> Somewhere in there, yeah. Um, but uh, what else do you have on this? I'm going to do a scan of my um, notes I did,
1: here. I did really like the very end where they, you know, they've already escaped on the raft and they get off on another beach, obviously. And uh, then they... So they're kind of razzing each other and they're running down the beach yes. and they're trying to throw Galen in the water and like you just don't see them doing that. In that was these, fun in these show they're in this show so far. So you know, it hopefully means they're lightening up a little maybe in the tone and yes. like you're gonna see more camaraderie between the trio. Be nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I like the um I, I do I will say that when the episode started I the first thing I said right before, right after the opening credits ended was either I'm going to see some apes on horseback, or I'm going to see them like wandering through the woods with like an LA mountain behind them. But this one began with them running along the beach, and I was surprised. And it ends with them running along the beach. And when they're running along the beach in the beginning, it's a charming scene. You know, with like um there the guys are running in the water, and Galen's you know right not quite where the water is, you know, and they're like, Galen, come on, we're trying to hide our tracks, well, they're not looking for me, they're looking for you <laughs> and 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 then that final scene where Galen kind of gives them the raz and they're chasing him <laughs> along the water was like. I mean, is this family affair? I don't know what this. This was charming. I, th- I thought it was. It is. You're right. It's a, It's a. It's a, It's a. It's an absolutely charming ending. You know, they. They. I. Th- I think too. They. They. They earn it because um, they the way they got away from the apes. Um, it wasn't violent. They didn't leave a lot of. There weren't a lot of dead people in their way. There wasn't a lot of craziness going on. They simply tricked them, and got away. Right. And and the apes are like, Oh whatever. And and so, so something about them running along the beach which and I like too that they're at the point at the beach now where they can do that. You know, they're 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 not like, Oh, look around, make sure there's no, you know, gorillas in the rocks or anything. Gorillas in the rocks. Oh, that was one of my favorite movies with Sigourney Weaver. Um uh and um uh but uh, uh but but there's something to to about about that ending where they're they're able to do a um, one of those classic endings where someone tells a joke and everyone laughs mm-hmm. which you see in lots of other shows i mean didn't every episode of star trek end like that uh, don't quote me on that but i feel like that <laughs> might have happened but but i i just i just like that that is um i like that that's the ending and then like you said i'd love it if they i know they're not going to do like a light-hearted episode but i would love if they had done one you know it took the x-files two years to get to that point i don't expect planet of the apes to be there in thirteen, fourteen episodes but
1: even just a but, moment or two in, in
0: just yeah just just a moment where they can just just lighten up a little can. you got to laugh sometimes good gravy and I mean, <laughs> is there, is there? I mean, I, I almost want to. Um, I, I like the fact that they do have humor on this world. You would think humor not would much be something. Laugh about, so yeah. Not much, <laughs> yeah, you would think you'd find something, you know. Um,
1: As you pointed out, n- nobody's happy on this planet either, uh, no. human or ape. <laughs> They're not. Yes, yes. It's 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 like the only people we've seen who are happy is that
0: bureaucratic guy and his nephew that he keeps talking about.
1: <laughs> it's, it's yep.
0: like you know it's, it's like oh gosh it's like i don't, I don't even know uh, yeah <laughs> uh, so what else do you have on this i'm just gonna do one quick scan oh um it's I, I i i do feel bad after a while for alan and peter just like constantly being introduced to a new ape or gorilla or chimp and them saying and uh, just looking at them and going uh, take them out and kill them or whatever. Because right. it's like they don't understand these are the stars of the show. <laughs> you don't take the stars of the show out and kill them. Other things will happen.
1: Well, It's kind of like at the beginning when they first get um, when they're on the beach and after they've found the old man encountered the oh, yeah. apes and the apes like you know, who are you? And he's like, oh yeah, we're just passing through we would have called but <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, we would have called but we didn't the- yeah, yeah. And then it the, the, was just like, shut up, silence. Yes. As he's still asking them a question.
0: <coughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yes, that's silenced. right. That's right.
0: <laughs> yes, that that's right. It's like, what are you doing down by the beach? Well, we were silenced. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, you're a little hoo hoo. Right, so, do you have anything else on this one? I think, I think I'm good on this one.
1: No, I think I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a fun episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I, and, you know, and I
1: could be. Biased by, you know, shirtless.
0: <laughs> so there's a lot I of shirtlessness going on.
1: It, so.
0: I, th- I, th- I, think if I do a second run through this series, this will be one that I give a closer look at uh, the second uh, second time through, because I, th- I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. I just, I just got caught up by the, like I said, the location, in the exact same spot. Right. Um, uh, so, um, so Amy, where can we find you online?
1: Uh, You can find me on Instagram at amy underscore the underscore conqueror.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. And next up, I'm going to look to see. I haven't been saying what's up next, but I'm going to tell you what's up next. The surgeon. Dr. Giggles? No. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? I wish. Wouldn't that be fun? So uh, uh, thank you, you everyone, for listening. And uh, next up, we've got this. Search Episode 9, The Adonis File, directed by Joseph Pevney, written by Jack Turley, November 15th, 1972. And this one, a talk show host, uh, secretary, is kidnapped, and the kidnappers are demanding like $5 million, I believe. Uh, and around this time that this happens, right after this happens, uh, Lockwood is called in uh, to investigate, and called in by, um, by uh, a bunch of. Uh, well, well. It called in by, not by the uh, talk show host himself, but by a sort of side firm of people who are involved with the talk show host about to be announced um, candidacy for the Senate. And there's like a think tank of these people like from a think tank trying to get him, uh, trying to get this talk show host into the Senate. And there's some really wealthy guys who stand around being wealthy and in charge of whatever and the talk show guy is sort of like he doesn't really want Lockwood there, this, that and the other and talk show guy also has a bit of a strange relationship with his wife. At the same time they're they're trying to pay the ransom as 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 they quick as they can, but it it's, it's, it's actually an episode you should watch It's because it's, um, it, it looks fairly straightforward but then it gets a little strange as it goes along as Lockwood is investigating the think tank and discovering about the Adonis file and learning more and more about this talk show host and where he came from. So I'll just kind of leave it at that because Mitchell and I, we dive into it pretty heavy. So let me just give you a little uh, blast and uh, we'll be on the other side. Two great gentlemen are back to join me in discussing this episode of search lockwood and hadley listen to this boy. tell me tell me who this is sir please would you say would you say something something hey who was that that's Hugh <laughs> o'brien i've got him on the show he passed a few years ago but you'd be surprised who you can get to come back if That's you tell him nice. you're doing a it's silly just podcast. It's
3: nice to be here. It's nice <laughs> it's just... to be with you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell, how are you, sir? How I'm are you? I'm doing well. How about you, Dan? Doing okay. We are here. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, Lockwood is back. And um, we are talking the Adonis file. And in the in the last episode, we went a bit... Oh, well, we went overboard in the best possible way, discussing what we thought like Search Season 2 and beyond would do. And this one, we're going to try as best we can to focus on... The episode itself, which I've actually Forgotten about. Mitchell, what did you remember From it? Anything? Well,
3: yes um, Vaguely. No, I mean (laughs) Well, I'll start Off that I think an episode that I uh, Love, and I will be delicate About describing it Because, again, I don't want to give away A plot detail, but it involves It involves The bad guy And his female hostage on one side, and on the other side, it involves Lockwood and uh, who is it that is in the field helping him oh, out? It's,
0: uh, Deanna Lund. Yes, I forget character's Yes, yes.
3: yes. <laughs> um, so it's um, the bad guy and his female hostage, and it is Lockwood and Hart. And the, the bad guy is pulling his hostage along she's slowing oh, down yes. and he's pulling her along and lockwood is pulling Hart along because <laughs> she's slowing him down and i said to my wife i said my god this is like a three-legged race going on here. <laughs> yes i noticed that too i wrote that down what the heck yeah it? i mean you've got them they're both
0: handicapped it's <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because you wonder, because um, uh, Deanna Lund's character, what's her character's name?
3: Oh, what is it here? Her character's name is Linda Hart.
0: Hart, Hart, Hart. Um, because you get the feeling, I mean, you sort of have to get the feeling, because she spends the first half of the episode in Pro control, and then the second half on location. So you, you kind of get the feeling like maybe she's, you know, she... she, she i don't know if she's spends most of her time in probe control or what she does, but she's not a full time probe agent, so possibly when um Lockwood grabs her hand and kind of drags her through the woods to chase after um the you know the um the guy and his you know hostage um you get almost like it's sort of like a training thing like come on, we gotta get there you know we got we got this is the way we do it, we run you know it's like you know it's like if you're I know if you're learning how to use the the copier and the copy, there's a paper jam or something like that. You know, you got to go through all the steps. Yep.
3: You, you got know it. to
0: learn how to do the paper jam. You know, if if someone says like, um, oh, there's a paper jam, and then they clear it and they not show you how it works, you don't know how to clear the paper jam. So if your helicopter lands and you have to chase the bad guy and the hostage, and you can't, if you're not chasing them, then you're not doing the paper jam. So he has to grab her. But it is a funny... Mo- it almost reminded me of... Um, there's a police squad, or is it in, in one of oh. the Naked Gun movies, where the um, someone grabs a hostage. Yes,
3: and Drebin then grabs his own hostage. could played that game. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when we were watching this. <laughs> I think this. That's the butler did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. and, and that, what, so what would have happened, of course, is the bad guy took his hostage and held a gun up against her head. And you can just see... Lockwood taking heart and putting a gun up against her. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, if she gets it, she gets it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's,
0: it's, 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 it's an interesting. Yeah. Um. So I'm sorry. Did, had you, uh, you, you were still talking about um what you liked about the episode and such when I interrupted.
3: Well, you. I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think there's anything left to say about that scene. <laughs> it's just it it's um it's got to be a classic of its kind and. <laughs> And it tells. I think it tells our listeners something about our mentalities yes. that this is immediately what we pick out of this episode and yes. wind up in an episode of Police Squad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, it's. I. I. I quite enjoy the episode. It's. I. I don't know if it's. It's. It's not one of my absolute favorites, and I say that only because every time. I I think I've said before I watch the show all the way through maybe 3 or 4 times and every time I get to this one I go oh it's the one with Bill Bixby but then when I get to like the helicopter scene in the end I go I always think oh I thought this was in another episode and so so it's kind of like I I lose track a bit of what was happening in each episode this this episode is a lot of nice sneaking around
3: mm mm-hmm. and, and it has your th- it has your suitably evil corporate slash political overlords yes. this, this
0: this one has yeah this is perfect it has three old rich white guys who mm-hmm. just kind of st- who kind of stand around not saying much
3: yep but they yeah. could be they could be from the the coke foundation they could be from the trilateral commission yeah who knows? They, they could be from any number of uh of of sinister, that they, the John Birch they, Society. They could be network executives. Ooh. We don't know. Ooh, I like that.
0: Watching over Lockwood just to make sure that his show yeah. <laughs> isn't crap. I-
3: I like that idea. That's really <laughs> sinister though.
0: <laughs> yes, isn't it? that that's why the main guy is like I can't tell you who they are. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah, All right. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's like one of them's like I'm the one who kept Hazel on the air after that first family left. <laughs> it's like, "No, you know, I'm the <laughs> I'm the one who kept my three sons on for 12 years, and I'm the one who canceled it. Oh. (laughs) You know, that's... Oh, my. Yeah, because it's... Because when you get to the end, and we won't ruin the end, but when you get to the end, the title of the episode is important. Mm, um, And when you get to the end, and, and it begins to... It's revealed what happens or what's been happening and what these people want to have happen, it's I don't know. I mean it's 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 like I was gonna say it's like a variation of something like the Manchurian candidate but it no is. one's been hypno it's but no one's been like hypnotized. Every it's just like imagine the Manchurian candidate if everything everyone did in that movie they were all fine with. Well you, you know, know if you didn't what have to really, convince anyone.
3: What really makes it work yeah, that analogy is—it's the Manchurian Candidate, but it's not about the character you think it's about. Yes, because it's 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 actually about somebody else in that mm-hmm. in that movie. It's somebody else, and mm-hmm. I can't really tell yes. you who i think it is because it'll give it all away yes, but yeah. the way it, everything gets manipulated at the end it's uh, you know who's the servant who's the master all these kinds of things and it's uh, it's nicely played mm-hmm. and one of yes. the thing one of the things i like about it is that uh, bill bixby is supposed to be this i suppose uh, right-wing version of johnny carson because they that's
0: kind of what i thought yeah, yeah, yeah
3: because he's not he's not like one of the syndicated talk show hosts like joe mm-hmm. pine if anybody remembers who he is <laughs> or 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 later on somebody like morton downey jr he's oh sure yeah, yeah. he's not that my my uh The implication is that it's more of a traditional, conventional talk show. It just so happens that the host happens to be a conservative rather than a liberal. Yes, yes, yes. But what I like about it is that he resisted the urge, and it's possible possible that Bixby simply isn't this kind of an actor. But if you fast forward a few years to when Shatner von Colombo on the uh, the <laughs> Columbo revival and and you know shatner he's he's shatnering his way all the way through and he makes he makes the character into a caricature and mm-hmm. bixby doesn't do that he he comes across as as someone who's earnest who probably means what he says and he has a strong opinion if you if you if you've lived with politics for years and years, you can kind of see all of the rhetoric there, but it isn't, it isn't over the top. Mm-hmm. And I think that keeps him as a credible character all the way through the show.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cause he starts off. I, cause this is 72. He starts off, um, declaring that he, you know, the country's gone wrong for the past 10 years. and He's going to put it back on the right path. um, and he's, he's it's it's interesting when you get to the end of the episode, certain things he does make a different kind of sense than when you're watching the episode. If that makes sense, and but but yo you're, you're, you're yep. right. He he has this um he has this sincerity, and you believe that he believes what he's up to. And you believe most of the time that really all he wants is just to begin running his campaign, and he wants everyone to leave him alone, and just he wants to save his secretary, and mm-hmm. he wants to just pay off these kidnappers, whoever they are, and just get her back. And if all these people like Lockwood, they could just leave him alone because he knows what needs to get done. You know, and on more than one occasion, he says, "You know, to Lockwood, like, okay, you're, you're you don't need to work anymore. You're done." know, kind of thing, and then Lockwood keeps saying, Well, you you didn't hire me, so you can't actually fire me. But uh, you know, thank you for um thinking of me. You know, but um yeah, I was I'm always I'm always I've always been a Bill Bixby fan. And I think in this one in this one there's kind of um there's kind of the sincerity mixed with a little insidiousness Mm -hmm. in there that that is really I mean this is um this is a year before the magician. I believe. I think the magician was seventy three, seventy four. Yes, that
3: no. that sounds very, very much like it.
0: Yeah, don't don't quote me on that. And obviously, a few years after, I mean, when my favorite Martian ended in sixty six, and um, uh, then of course, Incredible Hulk. In a few, years. So, so you're almost used to. It's it's funny depending upon when you were born. Like um, Bill Bixby's is either slightly goofy or very earnest. Um, or, or if you if you know him like from the silly things like Sledgehammer stuff he directed in the '80s, you kind of think, oh, he's kind of a goofy guy. So it's, I mean, I guess that's a good actor. He, go, you know, he goes from Courtship of Eddie Fos- Father to My Favorite Martian and The Magician to Hulk to directing and stuff, and he's got he's got a nice range. And in this one, in this, it's funny because normally I really. I really find Bill Bixby, um, I, I think he's charming and I like watching him and stuff. But this one, there were moments where I kind of want to give him just a little punch. Maybe not a full-on punch, but just a little jab. <laughs> hey, you know, just something, maybe in the groin, just one, you know, just one down there. You know, just, it, and it's just his character. But uh, uh, but that's a good actor at the end of yes. the day. So
3: It is, who can who can uh, and a particularly good actor is the one who can manipulate your feelings like that without you being feel feeling like you've been manipulated
0: yes yes he just he comes in does his does his thing and at the end you realize you've been affected by it You're like, oh you big speed I've been big speed hard
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when uh, uh, his uncle would show up from uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Who was leading the campaign. Or... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, there's,
0: there's, yeah. If you think about it, it's, it's funny. Yeah, if you, um, if you expect Uncle Martin to pop up, there seems like there's a scene where, um, uh, he, uh. Uh, like Lockwood goes into the uh, sneaks into the secretary's like apartment or something or hotel room and he's like looking through stuff and he finds photos and he opens a suitcase and you almost expect in one of them to see like a picture of her and she'd have like two antenna <laughs> behind her head.
3: Well, you know, you know, you know, it's
0: like, wait a minute, I recognize that.
3: You know what else would have been funny as long? We, I, I promise listeners that we won't go off on a tangent like we did the last time although yes. we enjoyed it a lot. So Yes I you, hope you guys did too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you didn't it's not us, it's you. But anyway yeah, the, exactly. the um the, the ideal way to play this would have been when they were showing the pictures, when when Cam is going through the pictures of the three sinister businessmen, and then oh, there yes. was a fourth guy in the background, and he it's Ray Walston, and Cam <laughs> would have just said, and we don't know who he is. Yes. And just oh, leave we, it at that.
0: <laughs> it was a, one of those rare things where we have no information on this man.
3: Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: Oh, that would have been great.
3: It's as if he's not even from this planet. <sighs>
0: yeah, I've not watched My Favorite Martian in a while, but this is not a My Favorite Martian podcast. I'm sure there's one out there, and I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to listen. I'm going to find out what it is, and I'm going to listen. Um, so uh, what, what else do you have on this one? Let me try to... Uh,
3: well, I think I've me... I, I pretty much... I've pretty much covered what what I had to uh, think about it. I'll I'll say one last thing about this, and it's partly why I like classic TV as much as I do, because this was an episode about a a, a man who was running for office, and he clearly had an ideological. Um, affiliation and yet it wasn't about politics there wasn't anything political about it Mm -hmm. and the goodness or badness relatively speaking of the characters had nothing to do with their ideology
0: yes there's no there's no yeah, there's there's the 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 episode when he says his thing in the beginning about the country's gone astray. The episode doesn't judge him or do any. It just says that's that's what he's that's what he's doing. The crowd loves it, and we go mm-hmm. from there. And when Lockwood shows up, it's not about like, you know, I'm I'm against this guy's politics, or maybe he loves the politics. It's for Lockwood. It's a, it's a job. Yep. You know, and and you see, I I was actually going to suggest um a I think. And I'm, I'm not. We're not going to. We're not going to ruin the, the end of the episode because I think it's it's fairly clever when they get to what the heck is going on. I, I do too. And and it reminded me a bit of um, the Michael Crichton film Looker. I don't know if you've ever seen it with Albert Finney, yes. Susan Day, James Coburn. It's early '81? I think it's 1981. And it's, I won't go too far into it, but it's basically the premise is Albert Finney is a plastic surgeon and he's had several young women um come to him for operations and they're beautiful women and they're like stuff like uh, and he's like why are you here for surgery and she's like well my nose is 0.3 millimeters too small and my this is da 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 and my this is 0.4 and this needs to be done and he's like okay sure yeah i'll do that and he thinks it's kind of nuts and then but then these women start to commit suicide And he starts to fall under, uh, you know, the cops begin to question him about it. And he begins to investigate a corporation that is involved in doing, all these women were models who did ads and commercials. And he begins to investigate what's going on. And in pure Michael Crichton fashion, it gets wonderfully strange and goofy and ends with, like, the goofiest 15-minute climax you'll ever see. Well, not you'll ever see, but it's goofy. And um, it it contains one of my all-time favorite things. There's a light gun in it that is one of my favorite weapons in the history of cinema. And this, the Adonis file, sort of has a similar what the bad guys are up to in Looker is sort of similar to what they're doing in the adonis file i won't go any further farther further anything further father anything into it (laughs) um but but it's sort of like when you when you see what's happening and the adonis file comes to light it's it's one of those things you're like wow this is really clever slash deranged slash just kind of weird but um hey if it works for them i'll go for it it worked for looker yeah, you know, so so um, but that that's kind of what it reminded me from when I got to the end. But I won't say, I won't ruin the end of Looker, and I won't ruin the end of this. I'll just stop.
3: <laughs>
0: so, do you have anything else on this one?
3: No, take it away.
0: All right, so um, yeah, I think I think we both agree it's a it's a good episode. It's um, it's a it's a kind of a weird episode. It's um, the way it presents the information in dribs and drabs is um i think is is quite nice so um mitchell where can we find you online
3: you can find me at it's about talking about classic tv uh my classic tv book is available there the electronic mirror as well as my two novels and uh by you can follow me on uh, facebook and twitter the links are there as well and i'd love to hear from you
0: yes yes the electronic mirror is fantastic and i check out i check out mitchell's site several times every week and there are so many articles i need to go back to uh but it's a great time so um you know i wouldn't have a jackass on the show with me folks so 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 trust me if if mitchell's on here he's a good guy so um that was the adonis file and that was um that was that and now this is this seeing detective episode 6 who done it. Originally aired, I believe, December 21st, 1986. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I'm not going to go too in depth here. Uh, detective Fatabene and I cover everything pretty darn good, but it's uh, there are a few revelations. We learn a few things and we get a hopeful ending. Let's listen to a little burst of music. We'll be on the other side. Done It? episode six the final episode the finale of the seeing detective and again as i said at the beginning I, i've said before spoilers 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 if you want to watch this do not listen to this because it will give everything away and it's so cleverly constructed and well put together that you're you might be unless you're someone who, who likes spoilers then listen. But if you don't like spoilers, and if you don't like loud planes flying overhead, we got some windows open, so you may hear some planes or birds. Um, so if you don't like spoilers, please stop now and just um, skip the rest of the episode. Sorry. You you know, you could you listen to us some other Watch time. Watch it. You owe yeah. it to yourself. Watch yeah. it
4: first, then yeah. listen. Watch the episode first, then listen. Because Detective Fettibene, by the way. So that's me. Hi. Um, <laughs> because it's so it's such a beautiful payoff. In so many ways.
0: Yes, it's so, and I mean...
4: So first spoiler, Dan, What, who done what? What was the first mystery that was solved for you?
0: Uh, the first, uh, the fir- well, the first one is, yeah, that we learned definitively that his mom died.
4: His mom died. Uh, was
0: that the first thing we learned? I forget if that's the first well, thing. Well,
4: the first thing I remember learning, even though we just, there, watched, we just watched it We just watched
0: it yesterday, but it's, I mean, it is...
4: Is who pooped on the desk?
0: We learned who pooped on the desk, yes, who pooped.
4: Who pooped, who done it. It was And by up. it, I mean it. Yeah, it was Philip. Dirty, dirty it. It yeah. was Philip.
0: Not Mark Benny. And one of the things that I love that the episode does is when you see Philip there the f- before he leaves with his mom, he's a good student. You know, the other kids you see kind of picking on him for being a, a good student. He seems like a good boy. He's just unhappy. Yeah. Um, Well, no, he's not unhappy. He's happy. His mom's unhappy. And he's happy and he's having a great time. Uh, But then you have like this this moment you see where he's up the tree and his dad has his suitcase. And your first thought until you watch this episode is when they were going to leave for London, he hid from his dad and his mom. And so that's his dad trying to find him. And the first thought you have when you sort of think when when Philip is being blamed for the poop, you think, <laughs> why would he do that? He's such a nice boy. Yeah. But then we learn that, first off, another spoiler, his mom dies in London. She drowns. She she jumps off a bridge.
4: Yeah, she commits suicide.
0: And. Uh,
4: she is the one pulled from the water.
0: Uh, yes, yes. Of all the bodies pulled from the water, she, she is, is the, the only w- real. The
4: real one pulled mm-hmm. from the water. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. it's such a. He plays with time in such a beautiful way. And you see, you know, it really pays off in this episode. Mm -hmm. And we watched the uh, interview with him also. That's so great. We really uh, highly recommend watching that. It's really uh, very moving, you Mm -hmm. know, how he talks about, what does he say, the sovereignty of oneself, Mm -hmm. you know, how you...
0: Yeah, how you find that.
4: and You know, things happen to you, but the way that you then limit yourself in your future by your reaction to what mm-hmm. happens to you. And, um, but yeah, the, the way yeah. he played with time was really beautiful. Like you, you, all this time you, th- or at least we thought Philip, it was it, this time it was, that he was in uh, the forest of Dean was all one time period yeah. before he went to London, but it's mm-hmm. both before and after, like yes. before his innocence got, yeah. you know, corrupted, yeah. uh,
0: because the, the pooping and the hiding from his dad up the tree when mm. his dad's got the suitcase those take place after he returns and his mom has died yeah. and his attitude has sort of changed and become much more like the Marlowe we see in the bed
4: yeah he's <sighs> just you see where he starts to try to protect himself mm-hmm. you know he as happens to all of us, you see your parents as human beings, you know, and that's a very profound moment. <laughs> and
0: the this, this scene where his dad is alone in the middle of the woods oh. and Philip's bar, and the dad just lets out a scream this of primal, agony. Just
4: primal, oh. yeah, agony. It's just agony, pure agony.
0: And and um, and then Philip goes and joins him and, mm-hmm. and I think, if I remember correctly, when Philip gets off the train, Dad takes his hand. But then, when Dad's alone in the middle of the woods, Philip takes, takes his, his hand. hand. Yeah, and you don't learn what happened to Dad. In the end, I don't think do you? I don't remember. No, 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 you they don't. He must have just grown up there, and he yeah. he lived his life because he because he did have the beginnings of the um skin was in already London, starting. We saw that. Yeah, so yeah. so that that may have been something that that guy could have been another reason why he pooped on the thing. Just he didn't like the teacher. He he didn't like what went on with his mom and he knew he was something was happening yeah. and he and he
4: pins it all on mark binney
0: who apparently who, goes
4: yeah sorry go ahead oh i was
0: gonna say who apparently he has he has one more chat with the psychiatrist in the previous episode he he said he wasn't going to see the psychiatrist again but he's seeing him here and they have a very civil conversation that ends really lovely yeah um but uh one of the things is he tells the rest of the story with uh with mark binney that he had mark and mark was beaten severely oh and the the craziest part of the story is that as Mark is up there denying it, uh, one of the little, little girls in the class, or the girl who probably went to pass over the class, she's the one who looks the least dirty. <laughs> all the little kids, when you see them, they, they all look. But she was the one who in previous episodes, she was, I remember thinking, she's the cleanest kid there. She she raises her hand and more or less says, I saw him do it. Right. And then every kid in the class raises their hand and said, I saw him do it. And Philip says, by the end, he was saying, yeah, I did it. Yep, you're a bad boy. Uh, Yes, I am. Yes, and she beat him severely.
4: Uh, It's heartbreaking, and, and just the idea, like Dennis Potter says in the interview, of how we come to believe these things about ourselves that... Aren't actually true. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: And you, and the, and the way I love the way too he describes the time where it's like you know for us you know it's yesterday and today and tomorrow but you know t- today might be followed in your mind by something twenty years ago yes. that that didn't make sense or didn't hold import, importance then but suddenly is relevant right at this moment. Yes. And yeah.
4: Like how time doesn't move quite in the way we mm-hmm. believe it should and and yeah. quite such a linear way at least when it comes to. Your sense of who you are and what's happened in your life like when he another spoiler when he says nicola wasn't in the river yes yeah <laughs> Nicola yeah. was not in the river mm-hmm. and i thought with mark binney it was so fascinating how his own guilt then turned into what tormented him his own guilt mm-hmm. he made himself the victim of his own guilt yes you know like yeah. he, he yeah. mark binney mark finney you know yeah, all this ki- these iterations of this kid that he tormented out mm-hmm. of his own pain mm-hmm. came back to torment him
0: and he's and and too he's the in the actual story in the first episode the two main characters are philip in the bed and mark Benny, the yes. s- the secret agent or whatever right. he is so he almost he almost gives sort of Benny the lead at the beginning mm-hmm. but then as it as more stuff comes out what is it like, there's there's a there's a run dennis potter goes through where he says it's like was like memories become fiction, and fiction becomes fat. You know, I forget yes. what it is, but he just goes through all, until it finally becomes, mm-hmm. you know, your life or, or whatever. And and um, I I like too the psychiatrist when because we've seen the full poop related sequence it's a large part of an episode and it's very it's very like ooh, very nerve tense. wracking yeah. and very tense and then when you hear that Mark Binney was beaten and he ended up in an insane asylum you feel just terrible for him and you feel kind of like oh Philip but the psychiatrist is kind of looking at him like and, and almost says sort of at one point like well that was 30 years ago however many th- 30 yeah that was that was 30 years ago that was you had gone through something so traumatic you know and he, he doesn't say you know give yourself a break but he almost, he, almost, yeah. he almost says, like, you can't...
4: Maybe it's time not to hold this anymore. Yeah. Like maybe maybe it's, it's time to lay this down.
0: Time to let this one go, yeah. you know. Um,
4: and also maybe put a little responsibility on the grown-ups who... Uh, oh, yeah. Not not that... I mean, but that teacher exactly. was very evil. The
0: teacher was <laughs> awful, yeah.
4: Yeah. Mm. Um, and his parents, you know, I had a great deal of compassion for both his parents. His mom was mm. tormented and lonely and, you know... Uh, And his dad was a sweet man who, uh, yeah, it it was really heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And we have to talk about the wonderful nod To writing and to these characters that are (laughs) ciphers oh yes oh we gotta talk about the guys okay i don't know
0: they they don't have names
4: the two detectives as we've called them the two thugs the two two heavies the two guys who are trailing him and who try to shoot him in the nightclub Mm -hmm. and how they come to realize they don't know it's all empty their background is empty when they start one insults the other one's intelligence and uh and they realize, hey, wait a minute. It's all empty. My backstory's all yes. empty. Who am you, I? Yeah.
0: Do you ever call me by my first name? No. no. <laughs> you don't call so me
4: by So who are you going to hold responsible for that, Dan? The,
0: the, you're going to go right to the top. You're going That's to go right. to the author. Go to the author. Which is what they do. And the moment in the climax when they appear is so nicely done because there's just a. Uh, well, we'll talk about that in in a minute. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hop too far ahead. Mm-hmm. But the, when when they first show up in, I think it's when they first show up in this one is when Mark Binney the or Finney, the Finney, guy who's right. with Nicola who ripped off the script for Seeing Detective, where he has the chat with an executive, and and Finney says I want Nicola to be the lead, and then there's a pause and oh. Yeah, she's very good. Let's try to get her. We could
4: get her. Uh, Yes,
0: we could get her. And then he hangs up. He's like, sorry. And she ends up stabbing him in the neck with um, a a knife as he's on the phone. And he's just dead. And And
4: there's this great moment where you realize that, uh, you know, he and he says to her, you know, well, I have no control over this. And don't you have to admit to yourself, aren't you just a little too old? Aren't you a little past it to play this role? And you there's this great moment where you realize this is something that Philip has likely said mm-hmm. to uh, to Nicola because yeah. he's he's observing this scene and you he's cast himself really as the victim here, as the person mm-hmm. whose story this is story has been sold. But you're you're seeing that maybe he's not the victim maybe he is or you know not entirely the victim that Mm. he has also injured her by what he's done and said um so i thought that was really so uh just the whole the whole series is it's such a it's such a beautiful way of telling the story of a person who's in this complete and utter physical and mental you know Morass, And he mm. rises from this or integrates himself again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not perfect, but he comes to, um, I don't know, he comes to a more
0: he, he,
4: he integrated yes,
0: state. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Well Dennis Potter says in the interview that he starts out in a place of, like, absolute pain. Like and, Job. And misery, like Job. And then gradually he begins to get out of that slowly, but he has to fight off not only... His his body giving him trouble and 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 but he has to fight off these memories and all these different things and these mm-hmm. all these things fly around. We we do get to see him in the end fi- in, in when he can he can they tape a pen to his hand and he spends much of the episode when he's just sitting just writing and writing and writing. So he's he started writing hopefully um, maybe the singing detective mm-hmm. too or, um, but that that yeah that scene where Nicola is is talking to Finney and and Marlo is there and it's sort of. Nicola's looking at Finney and then Finney and then Marlo is kind of lined up behind Finney and then she she's she's kind of yelling almost at Finney about you know what he did to her and 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 then you realize and then it cuts to Marlo's face and then you you suddenly realize that she's not talking about Finney anymore when it cuts back to her she's no longer looking at Finney she's no. looking at Marlo and and talking directly to him and um that's kind of where um yeah, that's kind of where where Finny goes out of it. He kind of maybe that's sort of kind of a rough way to do it, but to exercise him from yeah. the story is by <laughs> actually ki- him in killing the him, yeah, can, or in uh, the throat, actually. yeah, in the throat, right. and so he can't he can't speak he and he can't. can't speak. Um, and, um, uh, let's see. What? Yeah. Those. Uh, what, what else? There. There's so oh, much that goes on. Well,
4: uh, Reginald. I, I, Reginald oh, yes. is finishing <laughs> up the, the the book. He's on yes. the last few pages of the book, and Mister Hall is <laughs> is distracting him like yes. nobody's business. Uh, but I like the idea that maybe the story we're sort of moving through it, on some levels at the pace that Reginald is reading. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes, because Reginald is going to leave. That's right. He's he leaving. Says he's he's leaving. checking out. He the next says day. he says tomorrow, which it's tough to really gauge yeah. in it, whether that means when we what we see in the mm-hmm. ending, if that's the same day Reginald is leaving or Reginald is leaving yeah. the next day, and.
4: Um, um, uh, Marlowe has a dream, a nightmare, that a policeman comes Mm, to him mm. and tells him that Nicola has murdered Finney. Mm. Uh, And uh, and then in real, in quotation, real time, we see a policeman come into the ward and... Marlowe is very concerned because he thinks he's coming to to make this dream a reality but in fact he's in the wrong ward he meant mm. to go to the women's ward but he noticed a friend who it turns out is reginald who has done some time for, for maybe a, theft, stealing right?
0: a vcr yeah.
4: and mr hall then says yes. who have i been sitting next to all this time you don't know who you're you know you're spending time with uh it's so funny but it's it's such a great reinforcement of this theme of yeah. like, who are we and yeah. how well do we know ourselves and each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that they make it into the the detective story too. They do <laughs> yeah, they they get into part the, of Marlowe's band.
0: The final the final thing Marlowe sings, I think, is yeah, Teddy Bear Ted- Picnic. Mm-hmm. And you see in the background, you see you see members of the well, everyone kind of sort of gets into it. Yeah. Uh, no matter where they are, but but Reginald and Mr. Hall are actually in the band. They are very symbols nervous, Reginald. And, <laughs> yeah, and symbols, and I forget what Mr. Hall is playing. I think he's
4: playing the tuba.
0: That sounds that could be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Um, but they, it's it's a great it's great that they're sort of integrated in because mm-hmm. they were in they were all in the detective story. I, was it at the end of episode one when they're all on the bridge looking down at the bottom? That's right. Um, but now they're all they all get to be in the band. In the
4: band, yeah, yeah.
0: As uh, the singing the. I mean, I'm sure Teddy Bear Picnic was a joyful, happy-go-lucky song at one time. But now, every time I hear it, it's always related to some sort of horror film or some weird, um, unsettling thing. <laughs> um,
4: and. um I loved, to that uh, I've forgotten it. I was about to say what I loved, and I've forgotten what I loved. Oh, oh uh, the, for the first time ever in the hospital scenes, we see Marlo sing.
0: Yes, yes. There, during um, his
4: therapy session.
0: Into each life a little rain must fall but uh, well you know why does so much fall in? I mean I forget, yes. I forget I forget the lyrics but yeah it's it's during the session where the psychiatrist makes him stand up and walk and uh, and as Marlo is saying, it's really lovely it's done really lovely and where he's he smiling. clears all the chairs and Marlo is there like can I get up can I and and the um, the psychiatrist kind of leans forward with one hand out and starts singing until each <laughs> life a little rain must fall and then when Marlo gets up he like he takes the second verse yes. and you can lose these blues <laughs> and it's, it's really it's really great to see and then later on he has a scene where he stands up and it's great because he stands up and he's so excited and everyone's like hey good on you mate yeah all right well done <laughs> you know and even when forgive me at the end when he leaves and like hey see ya. bye bye, yeah. bye bye it's like you you have one of those moments where you you realize that you know you've been going through something big and then when you leave a bunch of people who you may never I don't you know may never mm-hmm. see again and you, you're like I've done this thing I've done this important thing and everyone's like hey
4: yeah, well, they're, see oh. they're all having their own stories. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. They're all going through their own transformations.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, let's see. And Marlo uh, walks and he stands, and he uh, yeah, and the, he gets he gets. It's great because the um, he the wheelchair guy doesn't have to help him up and That's says right. something like, "You've been laying off those pips, right. the tomatoes," <laughs> uh, which is great. It's great to see him because you you feel like you. Feel as 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 much of an ass as Marla could be and there were times when he was in so much pain i wouldn't have expected him to sort of be yeah. any any other way um uh, but but seeing him here once he begins to walk and um and move uh he it's just it's He's really it's very joyful. exciting it's He's
4: very joyful
0: it's it's very and once you hit that point and you learn that his mom committed suicide and you learn what happened with the poop and what happened with Mark Binney, mm-hmm. Then it starts to shift into it. It finally there's some sort of light, like maybe, maybe Marlow can get out of this. Mm-hmm. And, it, and there hits there. I remember there hits a point. And I don't know the exact point, but I thought this was the first time I watched this, and this is like the third time I've seen this. Where I get to a point where I'm thinking, okay, now where do we go from here? And then that's the point where. Nicola maybe or maybe doesn't kill him Mm -hmm. and the guys show up and realize that they're ciphers and they and 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 you're like, Okay, where are we going? What's what's happening? And then you get the scenes with his dad where he gets lost in the woods. Yeah.
4: Where and where is he going? Who knows? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you get a sense that he's going to be living his life maybe less weighted by the past. Less Yes. Less deciding, predetermining that every woman Mm -hmm. is going to be is going to leave him in that kind of way. Yeah. But, you know, Nicola is not in the river. So let's no. let's see.
0: The the joy I mean, the, here we go to the spoilers at the end, but one of the joys at the end is when he leaves, Nicola's right there waiting right for him. There. And there's there's not a moment where, you know, they don't look at each other and give each other like a hey. What do you, oh is this okay? They just look at each other like two two people in in love, or or at least to care for one another deeply. Yes. And after all that's gone on, it's a little tough to to get some of that mm-hmm. out of your mind. But but when they leave, they just you know take she takes but, his yeah. arm and they they walk down the hall together. You know, and it's like you know we saw. We several times we've seen little little Philip running down that subway hall off into the distance yeah. with the screaming, and this time there's no screaming there 's just lovely music playing mm-hmm. we'll meet again someday yeah. as the two of them just walk well. off into the hallway and yeah. we get a little some flashback and when it flashes back from Marlowe stepping out dressed more or less as the singing detective, mm-hmm. but without the the facial hair. Um, and he steps out, and then it cuts to footage from early in the episode, and it cuts to him in the little diaper when he's at his worst, and oh, he looks yes. like he looked like a lobster or something. You forget how oh, it was terrible, it, it was at oh, the beginning.
4: What what terrible pain he was in.
0: Yeah, and and uh, yeah, so so let's just let's just I mean let's just say th- the ending. Do you wanna give the ending or? Oh I oh 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 the ending is basically um so, so as I said the uh, the two and they, they've been there before, the two th- the two thugs, gangsters, agents, whoever they are, they've been in the ward before that in the previous episode, briefly, but that's when they were after the singing detective, who is apparently named I would guess his name Philip, and they somehow run because they're the ones that can do this, they run into the ward. And they're watching Philip, who Mm -hmm. they think is the same guy. But then when they run from the war, they wind up in the Forest of Dean after Philip has returned and his dad is looking for him. And he hears his dad yell. They hear his dad yelling for Philip. And they think, and so he's, they're just completely lost as to where this, who this Philip is and what they're running for. But they finally decide to go for the author and they go for the, um, uh they, they they it's it's really nice of them because um Marlo is standing up and he's in the middle of the war and yeah, I'm standing up and, and you know, he's not, not getting much response. And then the nurse um I forget her name, but it's um do we
4: know her name?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um she's
4: uh which amelda which, Staunton the no, name no, nurse um, or the joanne
0: wall joanne wall she comes in mm-hmm. and and chastises him for standing oh, up yes, and walking sorry. around oh yes sorry i got a little Be- lost there oh no yeah. because mm-hmm. his fever is um he, he, he got a bit feverish last time he, he did a little too much and and so she runs i forget nurse bates or something? I, no that's mm-hmm. not right i forget what her name is but it's joanne wall and she she runs in and he's so excited he falls over and she's um, and he's laughing and and she's kind of like, help me, someone help me, please someone help me and two like you think like orderlies step up you know will help mm-hmm. and they lean in and then suddenly realizes the two thugs <laughs> and, then, and then Miles was like, no, no, and they mm-hmm. lift him up and they put him in the bed and they um and what happens then is um they st- they start to torture him they start to bend his mm-hmm. fingers back and bend his his and feet and everything screaming. And he's, he's screaming and screaming for help and then help arrives. In the... In the um, form
4: of himself.
0: The singing as detective. As the singing
4: detective. Yes, yes. The, the
0: hero of everything. Mm-hmm. And he bursts through and they have a huge shootout in the ward. Oh, where it's such
4: a great shootout. It's
0: a, it's a fun shootout. They use
4: hospital beds as cover. They <laughs> yeah. move them around. Hospital yeah. cabinets. It's, yes. it's
0: lots of fun. And everybody everybody kind of more or less gets shot mm-hmm. in it. And then it ends with Marlowe, a singing detective, having two bullets left. And he shoots the little guy.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And... Um, the bigger guy doesn't have a gun and he Marlo seems
4: terrified. Seems the terrified. Marlo guy.
0: in bed is saying, You can't do that, he doesn't have a gun, that's murder. Mm-hmm. And just a uh, scene detective lets off one last shot and shoots himself. And, shoots more less, Marlo, and more or less and more or less, I don't know, like exercising the angry, whiny, sick version of himself mm-hmm. and leaving alive the version that can hopefully live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so so it cuts from that ending to, like, the next day, and Nicola's waiting there, and, and all of a sudden the curtain flies back, and there's Marlo, without the mustache, dressed as a singing detective, ready to go. Yes, she's and brought
4: he, his hat for him. She's brought
0: his hat, he, he puts out his hat, and they, they walk away, hopefully, hopefully, to... Yeah. Um, hopefully.
4: Now, now, when is it that... It, I thought the final shot was Philip as a boy in the tree...
0: Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, the final shot is. Isn't it? Yes, it is, because the, it's them walking. And yes, he, it is. You it is. hear
4: what he says. When I grow up, I want to be detective. detective.
0: <laughs> and that is, I'm sorry, that is the final shot, because you see them, uh, you, yeah, you see them, the walk down the hall, and then it sort of dissolves yeah. to the trees, and Philip, in the trees, looking much happier than we've seen him mm. for many episodes, with like a big smile on his face, almost like the, the actor himself was was having a good yeah. time, he finally realized, like, I'm so far up a tree, <laughs> and there's this giant camera this over amazing me.
4: tree. And
0: he just, and it just, he's just, I'm going to be a detective. detective. And the camera just pulls back, and all you see is tree, and tree, and That's tree. He was so good. Yeah, he
4: was so good. He in was that. excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: um, and so so it ends. Um, it it it's interesting because we do get we do get some answers to mm-hmm. per se.
4: But it's a very expansive shot that last shot, which I yes, loved. Yes.
0: Yes. It just goes out back and yeah. back and
4: back and back and back. Yeah, it felt very. The end yeah. felt very hopeful. Yes. You know. Um, and I got enough answers to. Mm, um, yes, yeah. I felt. I guess I felt like Philip got enough answers that mm. it was satisfying for me. Yes, yeah. Like he was able to, and not just the facts of it, but the mm. he was able to kind of integrate it and maybe understand certain things happened when he was a boy, and mm-hmm. you know, you m- maybe it's time to give yourself a little bit of a break <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah carry and carry on and not yeah. punish
4: the people in your life now who
0: yeah who had nothing to do with that to do with it because she does i think nicholas says what in the previous episode where you know like uh he wrote the script or he did something years ago and she saw oh, that was long before you met me yeah kind of putting down the point that um you know the stuff that happened in 1945 you, you don't blame Nicola mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. and um
4: or you do, but or, then you or, realize. Then you don't. Then you, you realize you
0: shouldn't be, and you, you stop it. You yeah. know, if you if you think it for a little bit, okay, but mm-hmm. don't, don't, um, don't, uh, don't yeah. go too than that. But yeah, there there is something very um, uh, grat- gratifying at the end. Like I said, it starts off sort of very quickly with a, some revelations mm-hmm. and some things happening very quickly, and then it kind of goes. Into another space for a little while. We're like, okay, where are we going? And then when it comes, and then when those guys, the thugs, show up, and it kind of comes out at the other end, um, it's uh, it's it's really nicely done. It's funny
4: this this episode in particular, the stuff in the hospital. A lot of the stuff in the hospital felt a lot more sitcomish, just the (laughs) look of it to me than it had previously. Like it uh, maybe because Philip was in a lighter mood, or he felt Mm -hmm. more like. At times, he could be more of a sitcom guy rather than a. Mm.
0: Um,
4: but I don't know. That did you feel that way?
0: I yeah. There, there is more. There is more of that. Just because I think it probably. I guess you're. you're I think you're right because it's it's like Philip is no longer like this in this horrible pain and just can't move or anything. He can he can he can move now. He can write again. Everything mm-hmm. like that. So he's gone from being like um, you know this this sort of you know kind of thing in the room that we don't kind of look look at or anything like that to be just another guy you know just another guy you know just like
4: he asked the guy in the ward as he's writing again what's the loveliest word oh yes not just how it sounds but how it feels in your mouth uh, looks on the page and here's another spoiler his answer is (laughs) e-l-b-o-w elbow It is a fun word to say. It is a fun word to say. Especially if you pretend uh, you're Michael Gilman you
0: <laughs> Yes, say, It is, yeah. And, and and nurse uh, Joanna Wally, she she seems <laughs> fairly convinced ish. But the uh, cop who comes in and he says, Handy things, elbows. <laughs>
4: so, so, my so, line of work.
0: So uh so uh
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Uh, uh but uh I guess what else do you have on this? I mean we can Oh I just it was more. such a
4: such a satisfying yes ending and hopeful ending but not yeah. in a pat way at all in a way mm-hmm. of uh yeah Job, a person who's been through a, a real trial and come out the other end with a better understanding of who he is and mm-hmm. what forces have shaped him and and i did love how he played with time and our expectation of how yes. time works mm-hmm. um oh you know the other shot that really killed me is we see him in London, Philip's in London after oh, yeah. we see his mom yelling for him. Philip, you know, uh, on, the, um, uh, on the on the, the platform, yeah. and and Philip's reading a comic or something. He seems very calm. He's lying down, uh, reading a magazine or comic, and his grandfather's in the other room pouring a beer and then the shot gets wider and you see that there's a coffin in the sitting room next to his uh his grandfather uh oh that just killed me yeah, it just yeah wrecked when, me. You, when you
0: realize that mom is is right there and you're like oh yeah i guess that's that's what they did but i find that very they <laughs> did
4: my mom said that that it was creepy they used to have i mean i don't know creepy but yeah like the corpses would be i mean not the You know, the the prepared corpses (laughs) in a coffin would be at the home. The wake would be at the home. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's that's kind of an interesting scene, too, because when Philip goes out and says hi to his grandfather, his grandfather's like, oh, Philip, you scared me half to death. And then there's a pause, and the scene ends. And there isn't a point where the grandfather leans over and says, "Oh, I'm sorry, Philip," or "You're having a rough time," or anything, Or Philip is like wants to say anything more. It's just like that's all. Yeah. That's all we need from this scene. hmm You know that's. Um, yeah. You know, maybe that, that wasn't a great place for Philip.
4: Yeah. To be. But then, too, you think what the grandfather must have been going yes. through.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True. True.
4: You know, it's. Uh, it's kind of awful to see that much in life. Yeah. At a certain point.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think yeah as I've said it's one of my favorite uh, TV uh, yeah, it's series. So of, good, of and all I'm so, so happy we done. watched
4: that interview with Dennis yeah, Potter. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, it gave me a, a lot of hope, a lot of perspective on the mm-hmm. series and life, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's I I think I think that's about it. I don't we I don't want I mean because I could ramble for another five or ten minutes. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that.
4: But I, let us know what you think about it. Yeah. Um, I hope you watch it all the way through without listening to this yes um but so for, i
0: don't think we spoiled ahead any no i don't think so so um so you can you can one then listen to this mm-hmm. two then listen three then listen to it but, but
4: yeah uh, i love the idea of like clues of one's own life or scattered yes. around like so, and sometimes it's in these periods of withdrawal you know in terms of you know you're going through something unusual so you are not you know you're ret- retreated somehow from your mm-hmm. own life and at those times there's an opportunity to look at some of these forces that have shaped you mm-hmm. uh yeah the, so in that way i found it so hopeful yeah. because boy he is in such horrible shape when he first comes in just such horrible shape it's, it yeah. breaks your heart yeah and uh and I love you know, he's very much healed. His skin is much, much clearer. Yes. But it's not perfect. You know, no. as there's still there's still plaques and there's still some. Yeah, issues right sort with of under,
0: underneath the cheeks, sort of there seems yeah. to be a little spot or something that won't go away or something but like that. But you feel
4: like it's all moving in the right direction.
0: Yes, <laughs> right. yes, yes. You feel like um hopefully he can Well, he's, he's been he's been right I mean uh, who knows, maybe um, Maybe he had an- another novel he started writing at the yes. end that we don't... Um...
4: Maybe something more personal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I, yeah. I think, I'm, I'll stop right there. Okay, I, I, yes. I keep wanting to go off on another little tangent, but if, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Watch it all the way through. It's, what is it? It's like six and a half, a little mm-hmm. more than that, hours long. The yeah. last the last episode is 77 minutes, so it's about, it. that's feature length, but it moves pretty darn quick. I mean, and just too, there's so much to do that there's never a point where you're like, you're, you're looking around the room. Mm-hmm. And it just, there's so much going yeah. on. And you have to pay attention too because if you miss a scene, you could... You could be a little lost. <laughs> so, um, thank you, Detective Faddebane. Thank you, Detective
4: Botnik. It was a <laughs> and, pleasure. And uh, being a cipher with you. <laughs>
0: and this was, uh, and I, I always mean to count how many shows this is we've finished, but I think we've done over like fifteen shows on this on Adventure wow, Supertrain. Wow! Congratulations. Um, thank you, and and we started with Cobra, which is not as good as The Singing Detective, but has its charms.
4: It does. Scandal. It's, it's a good, fun time. <laughs>
0: yes, and then we did Ellery Queen, which oh, we which love we love, that. which we love, and this, which I I think oh, is yeah. one of the best. So, uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Thank just, you. Yeah, I'm just going to wrap up the episode right here. So I'll play a little singing detective theme for you, and we'll wrap up episode 108, and we will see you at 109. We'll have a brand new old series for you. But uh, good night, everyone. Be good to yourselves. Good night. <laughs>